In this episode, we have your boy Linus, who is a digital artist. Linus explains what drew him into art and why he is so passionate about it. Hopefully relatable. Hopefully not boring. You're, You're listening, listening to, to the Relatable podcast. podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to episode 25 of Relatable. And in this episode, we have a very special guest, my friend Linus Yam. Welcome, Linus. Hi guys. Hi mom. Hi dad. I'm on a podcast. I love you both. Are you proud of me yet? <laughs> well, that sounds like some sort of karma energy. But anyways, um, tell us tell us a bit about yourself, Linus, for the audience. Um, you can be as brief as you want, or you can like literally go from beginning to now. Like, whereabouts uh, are you? Let's see. Um, so hi, my name is Linus. It's it's actually so nice to be on here. This is my first time being on a podcast, so I'm I'm feeling a lot of things right now. I'm 23 years old. I'm a freelance artist and graphics designer. Um, currently, I'm stuck at home. I'm working from home most of the time anyway, because I work from home. <laughs> yeah. So you weren't affected that much about the coronavirus then? No, not really. Like, yeah. apart from me not being able to go to the gym and working out regularly, like, that's, that's like a big oof for me because, uh, I'm anxious most of the time, and I find that the gym actually keeps me grounded. So not being able to go and staying at home is kind of playing tricks on my mind. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. I think I think everyone has that feeling, you know, of being in the house. No one wants to be like confined to a space, um, in a way. But yeah, because I, I met you back in Canada for all the audience listening, and Linus is a big um gym goer. You're the one who mentored me in the gym back then, and um. Yeah, I, I can only imagine like what you're you're feeling if you can't go to the gym. Like, do you work out at home now, or do you just do you just try your best, or do you just like not do anything currently? I wouldn't say I mentored you. It's kind of like a like a bro gym session, you know. Like you help me, I help you. Just kind of two buds going at it in the gym. But yes, <laughs> I do work out at home right now. It's it's different, like for sure, because the only thing I have with me is like a five kg dumbbell. And huh. that works wonders still, but it's not the same as the grip of a barbell. Yeah, for sure. Do you only have one 5k dumbbell, or do you have two? No, just one. <laughs> wow, man, that's that's interesting. <laughs> okay, because back then, knowing you, you lift like like much more than five kilos, so it's just interesting that you only have five kilo and you're only using five kilo. But um, yeah, has there any other effect in the coronavirus besides like the gym and the health? No, not really. Oh, wow. Because uh, I usually just work from home. I The only times I do go out is when I go to the gym, when I do get groceries, when I meet up with a friend. But apart from that, I'm usually just at home, drawing away and yeah. cooking, sleeping, playing Dota occasionally. Yeah, but that's about it. <laughs> All right. Um, so you said you're a freelance artist. Um, tell, mm-hmm. tell me a bit about that. Wait, before you even go into that, what drew you into like becoming an artist and drawing in general? Was that something you had in like childhood, uh, or was that something you just recently discovered? This goes like way back to when I was a kid. Like the first time I remember drawing was when I was six years old at my kindergarten, and it was it was a free period, and I remember the teacher telling all the students that you could do whatever you wanted to do. So. Everyone around me just started running around class and like talking and chatting. I had a piece of paper in front of me and I remember drawing like squads of policemen hopping down like 
helicopters into buildings of fire. <laughs> and at the end of the class, I remember the te- teacher just walking up to me and like seeing what I drew. She raised it in front of class and was like, look, look, guys, while you guys were making noise, talking, Linus here was drawing. Well, at the time, I wasn't called Linus, but yeah. And wow. she gave me a candy. That was the first time I actually felt like encouraged to draw. All the way from from primary from preschool, did you say? Yeah. From so how how old were you? Four, I was I was five? six. Wow, and you still remember that, and then you you just kept going every, yeah, that's a every year. Yeah, I was just, that's like a key memory for you in a way. Mm-hmm. That's something you won't forget. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's my first memory of like ever drawing. But my I have. To, it's the same, my dad is like a huge inspiration. Yeah, how so? When we were younger, like when I was when I was in primary, we would go to this family restaurant and they really encouraged like uh, family bonding time. So there were like toys for kids to play with and for their parents to go into the playpen to play with them. And there were pieces of paper that were on the table as well. And like a whole box of crayons. And this... This was when I saw my dad like work his magic for the very first time. Every time we would go to that restaurant on a Sunday morning, or the bacon and eggs, he would take out his crayons before the food arrived and just started doodling away. And as I watched him draw, I started to draw too. It wasn't, it wasn't as magnificent as his drawings, but I was just like a kid inspired by his dad. Yeah, that's really cool. Did did your dad teach you how to draw, or did you just were you just inspired and you kind of just found your own style and did whatever? <laughs> that's the funny thing. Like my dad never really taught me how to draw. He just kind of looked at my drawings and was just like beating me up over it. What what is this? Don't, don't you know the proportions aren't right? What? <laughs> your shading is wrong. But when you like just a kid back then. You. Sorry, <laughs> were you just like a kid back then? Yeah, I was. Oh, okay. But my dad like really likes to give me that tough love, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I feel like it's an Asian thing, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Is, it is. <laughs> yeah. So, do you think if if you weren't inspired by your dad, or if you didn't have that experience back in um preschool, like for example, if you drew that drawing and like no one gave attention to you, do you think you'll be here, doing pursuing artists right now, or do you think you'll be in a different path, or you don't know? I still be here. Wow. Yeah, I can firmly, I can firmly say that because there was a period in time where I didn't receive any support or whatsoever, but I just found my way into it. You know, I was really depressed at one point. Just I did not know what I wanted to do because I was surrounded by a bunch of high school kids who I thought were my friends, but just weren't. And when you surround yourself with all those people, uh, you start to realize that you can be surrounded, but alone at the same time. Yeah. And throughout those times, I found solace in like games. That, that was a big one for me. Like Dota 2 is a freaking savior to me. It's kept me sane throughout like many years. Every time I feel down, depressed, sad, beaten down, it is the one thing that keeps me going. It just refreshes my state of mind. And through gaming, I found like 
another game. It's called Tori Bash. It's basically a ragdoll fighting game. And I became what they call a um, custom texture artist. So people would pay me in-game currency to design their characters in-game. Whoa, that's awesome. Mm. Wow. Yeah. When, when did you do this? This was when I was in this was when I was in high school, so I was about oh, like wow. I started when I was about fourteen, fifteen, because I was so addicted to the game. I freaking love it. Like the way the way you could move the body of your character in game to make them actually like fight is really what fascinated me. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's that's very interesting how you started at that young age and you mm-hmm. were earning money at that young age. <laughs> it, I mean, cool. I wouldn't say it's money. It's just like in game currency, so it's practically oh, yeah. like worthless unless you sell it for. for oh, cash. that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because a lot of games nowadays, or um, even like Twitch streams, you can design the banners for people, and mm-hmm. that's kind of what it ran- reminded me of. But back then, there probably wasn't Twitch or like CSGO in the skins and stuff. So that's that's really interesting. Wow. So mo- moving, if you moving from that age of fourteen, fourteen, doing that, doing those artworks. Um, mm-hmm. what else did you do in high school or after high school? Oh boy, like. The transition from high school to uni, I felt like that was really rough for me How because so? coming coming to Melbourne alone, I was going through some stuff at the time, and it just made me feel like really demotivated because I had a teacher back in high school. This was like the the very last like parents teacher meetings. You guys have that too, right? Yeah, yeah. Your parents like go to school and like yeah, oh yeah the whole. Parent teacher night, yeah. 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 Yeah, so this was one of the very last ones I remember. And I had a teacher who was looking at my grades. He was the teacher that oversaw everything. And he was talking to my mom, like, oh, Linus, Linus needs to pay more attention in class. He's not, he's not doing so, ver- so well in this subject, in this subject. And I always found that difficult because, like, in... Especially in Malaysia. Oh, I'm from Malaysia, by the way. <laughs> Especially in Malaysia, um, Asian parents kind of take pride when their kids do well in science subjects. So, uh, science or math subjects, because that's like a stable sort of. It, it's it's a stable path for a stable job, and I never worked that way. Like maths, numbers just fucking never worked. With me. <laughs> I would do the same pieces, <laughs> same exercises over and over again, and I just could not get it. Just didn't work. Uh, but I do remember like being able to to work with science for a bit, and I actually tried to be tried to study, and wanted to be a doctor for a bit because I remember my mom watching a show about doctors, and she was like, "Oh, isn't this doctor so cool?" Like. Just from that, I, I had that impulsive reaction, like, oh shit, my mom likes doctors, I should be a doctor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I did really poorly in high school, to be honest. And my teacher just flat out asked me, like, what are your dreams? Like, do you know what you want to become when you're older? And I looked at him, and I said, I want to be an artist. And he, he scoffed. Just like, oh, wow, Linus, that's, that's impossible. You know, in our world today, that's just like, that's, that's not achievable. You need to think of something that 
you can do, something that you can grasp. Really? Wow. Yeah. And mind you, she was saying all of this while my mom was sitting beside me. And my mom was looking at me like, like, like my teacher was right. And that really shook me to my core. Because when you're a kid and your, your mom looks at you like, damn, is the teacher right? Like, you can't do this. You can't do that. You can't be an artist. And it made me stop doing art for a while. Oh, so what, what did you mm. do instead? Play games. <laughs> I'll just play like a lot of other Yeah, I did. I actually just submerged myself in it. I, I would play from like crazy hours. 8 a.m. in the morning till 5 a.m. in the morning. And then I'd wake up at 10 a.m. and play all over again. For, really? Yeah, for a whole two months. This was when my eyesight got really, really bad. Yeah. So, so how did you how did you get back into um you know eventually becoming a freelancer and getting back into the whole art thing for you into your passion yeah. So, my dad runs an ad agency, right? He is a creative director. So, what this means is that he oversees like creative projects from the ground up. Um, so stuff like photos, video shooting, colors, fonts how it's supposed to be presented to the client and to people who see the ad. That's what he did. And my family members, like extended family members, always gave me the impression that I had, I was the next successor, you know. I had to be the one that took over, to take over the company because I was the eldest son. And in a way, I had to continue my dad's legacy. And that always, like, gave me a lot of pressure when I was a kid. Because it was hinted throughout my entire childhood that oh, you know, I was next, I was next. I had to go, I had to step up. I had to become better. Um, and so I feel like through that pressure, it, I told my parents that I wanted to go to, to RMIT, study like digital media. But prior to that, just like learn foundations because I still felt like there was something for me in art. It was... It was my driving force. When I was sad, I would draw. And I just, I just keep going. Yeah, that was really cool. Was there any inspiration at that time? Like other artists on YouTube or Tumblr or Instagram that you would look up to? I, you know, honestly, I was, I was like you. I, I didn't really like social media either. Like I joined Facebook when I was 12 and I never used it. Just never used it. Could not use it. Didn't know how to use it. Instagram, blah. I only used it when I was like 18, 19. Yeah. I, <laughs> it's crazy. Just, we, we both have like somewhat similar stories. Like, I remember you saying you played Dodo a lot. I played a lot of League. Yeah. Like, yeah. Social media. I yeah. think that's why we vibe so well, you know? Maybe, yeah. Probably, yeah. Yeah. yeah so, but, yeah. Continue. Yeah, but at the time, no inspiration. Like, apart from my dad, uh, just, Seeing him wake up every morning and go to work, doing what he loved, just made me want to do the same. I want to make sure that when I grow up, I have a career that I can enjoy and be proud of at the same time, no matter the hardships. Yeah. And you know for a fact that's being an artist. Mm. Yeah, it is. Do you there know what? Times... Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> there were times where I would stray off the path and like lose lose touch with myself but 
every time I do, like, think about it. It's always been to be an artist. It's really cool. And, like, yeah. by artist, you just mean, like, expressing yourself through creativity. Or do you have, like, a specific field you want to go into in the future? Like, art director or video producer or um, cartoonist or something like that? Or, like, you're just an all-rounder currently? Oh, dude, actually, I'm so glad you brought this up. Because I feel like most people who talk about artists have, like, this this Bob Ross figure in mind, just, like, standing in front of a white canvas with, with paint in his hands, like, oh, look at me, drawing some happy little trees. But <laughs> that is not what an artist means. <laughs> it's, I, an artist, to me, is kind of, is a person who kind of projects their emotions an expression or through whatever medium that they choose to use, like whether it's music, ads, comic books, they are just different types of artists. And no, I do not know what type of artist I want to be yet, but I know I love drawing. Drawing is, yeah, I fucking love drawing. It's why I wake up every morning to know that I can invoke a, any sort of feeling for the person who's looking at my art through my Instagram page and feeling some something or motivating them even to be to be something more than what they are is why I wake up every morning to draw. So what would you say now, um, you know, having this perspective on things to that um, teacher who said it's impossible to become like a proper artist? Oh, part of me is just like dying to be like, ah, I'm going to prove you wrong so bad. But yeah. that mindset is only going to take you so far. You should never do things out of vengeance. That is the one thing I've learned. You never do things out <laughs> of vengeance. Yeah. Do it out of love. Do it because you love it. Not because you want to prove someone wrong. Not because you want to prove yourself. Well, if you want to prove yourself, that's fine. But don't prove yourself to others. Because once you do that you're going to be a prisoner to other people's expectations. Wow, that's so true. That's really wise. That's so Very true, wise. yeah. 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 So do you think in the future you're going to contact your teacher if you ever if you ever get to that stage or or not? Or do you you just you just going to drop it completely? No, I believe I'll get to the stage where I won't even have to contact him. One yeah. day he'll see my stuff and he'll be like, "Shit." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he might not even remember it to be honest like because oh, you know, he's a teacher and like he has so many students but yeah that'll be a cool day though no yeah, do you have any do you have any standout moments for you like any proud moments with your art like um yes. any like prize pieces or just something that um you know will always mean something to you something you've created when i was in primary i had a comic book series I remember I drew about four of them, like in exercise books uh, of like, of yeah, <laughs> in exercise books, and it was yeah. called Bob the Archer. I would draw every day um, a few panels, and eventually it would just become like a sort of short story. And what's crazy to me about this is that when as I was drawing, this was mostly just for myself, but at the time I had like this crazy guy he was my number one fan no doubt he would his name was Weishen and he would finish his homework extra early in class just so he could read my comic he would ask oh, me like wow. yeah <laughs> he would wait for me he'd be like are you done with the panel yet are you, done with the panel? <laughs> like, are you gonna do a second book and 
<laughs> At times I felt like, whoa, shit, this kid, man. He's just gonna keep going. And, but I did because he loved it. And yeah. because of that, like, his, his attraction towards my book made other people interested too. And so it, my comic book just got passed around class from person to person. And people would just start like reading it and pass it back to Wishin, who would pass it back to me. <laughs> this is really yep. cool. How, how old were you back then? Like what year? This was when I was 10, 10, 11. Oh. Yeah. I still wow. remember the name of the villain, actually. His name was the Sugar wow. Wizard. Do you still have the... The Sugar, sugar Wizard? wizard. Yeah, wow. Sugar Wizard. You could turn, like, you you could turn you water into chocolate. Now? Wait, what? Do you still have the comic now? Sorry. No, I don't. Oh, I don't. Can you redraw it though? Like, do you think? Do you remember yeah. it? Or not really sure? Yeah, I still remember the characters and some some parts of the plot, but not the whole thing. Like, I guess now I could make it better for sure. But at yeah. the time, it was just like a kid just doing yeah. it away. Yeah. Do you know? Do you still know the guy? Wishin? Your number one fan? Yeah. Fortunately, we've lost contact oh, with each other. other. Yeah. Throughout imagine, the years. Imagine Imagine if you find him on Facebook and then you talk to him and then you, like he tells you like the whole plot and then you can remake it oh. like as a nostalgic project. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's actually crazy. Yeah, I could do that because of the yeah. pa- the power of the internet. It's so easy to find people nowadays. But yeah. So, what's it like being a freelance artist? Like, what does that consist of? Discipline. A lot of discipline. Uh, yeah. You have to be independent. You have to be disciplined. You have to be dedicated and you need a fiery passion like to do to do what you love to do because yeah if you consistently do what you love the money will come eventually but if you work for the money it becomes a job and there's a significant difference between a job and a career a career is something you can enjoy something you can build your life off of but a job is something that you work a set of tasks or um, things that you need to do to get paid a certain amount so that you can live, so you can buy certain things that you don't need or want. Impress yeah. people that you don't even know or something, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. When did you start freelancing and um, what was your first job like? What was it? Was it with your father? Like, I just started freelancing. Um, about eight months ago. Prior to that, I was working in a lot of different ad agencies because at the time I was still like pressured by, I felt the pressure from my, from my extended family members and that really like made me think twice about what I wanted to do. So I interned at a, an ad agency back in my home country. It was called Good People Co. And I learned a lot from that, actually. Like, they were really nice to me. I was just surrounded by good people. I got paid as an intern, which is honestly so rare, um, especially in Australia. Um, but once I did get that experience, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the people that I was surrounded by. So when I came back to Melbourne to continue my second year of, second year of studies, uh, oh, sorry, third year of studies, I I decided to intern again at a at a startup company and this was called KK Rewind. Um shout out to Sursac and Melissa. They're awesome. They they took me in at the time to be their their sole graphics designer and under their wing I I kind of created like posters, ads, um 
EDMs for their clients through their guidance. Um, at the time, it was like full of pressure because I was the only one designing stuff. And because they didn't come from a design background, I had to go through a lot of trial and error for them to actually be like, mm, okay, this one, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about like, like the client specifically wants this. And it proved challenging at times because I would have like very conflicting thoughts about their opinions. Some, it, the ads, the ads I was making, like, I was not proud of them when they went out. And <laughs> I had, sometimes I would argue with my boss, like, this, we can do better. Like, for sure. This just looks like one of those cheap ads that you find on posters, on flyers that people just pass around on the streets, you know? And he would, he would empathize. He understood that. But he told me that that's what the clients wanted. And yeah, yeah. It, sometimes you just got to go with what the client wants. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah. What, what about all the like the design client memes where like the client thinks they're like they're a designer and they, they, they want like this, this, but really they don't know what's good for them. Because yeah, I feel yeah. like some, for sometimes like when you work, when you work with a agency and you work with clients, you know exactly what the client wants. Like if they're going to make like a flyer or EDM or even a website, you, you know exactly what they want and like exactly what they need. But then, then they insist on doing some other like random stuff, and then, mm-hmm. and then you have a really good design in your opinion, and you have like a okay design, and then they go yeah. the okay design, and then yeah, I can I guess I can kind of feel you where you just hand off the okay design when you know that this would be better for them. But um, I guess they're they're the one paying you, so what could you do? You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And oh, it's the worst when they just like send you an email and they're like, "Hi, Linus, um, could you make it more trendy?" Like, I need it to be cool. I need it to speak to the audience more. I like, uh, can you use a lighter shade of blue? And then when I make it lighter, they're like, wait, is this light enough? Can, can you go lighter? And I go lighter. And then when I send it back to them, they're like, can you go darker? Which was the original <laughs> color that I used. Like, Perfect. And I'm like, yeah. God That's damn so it. Annoying. That's so annoying. Yeah, there's so many changes that you have to do. And then what what about like in your computer when you keep making those changes? Like is your desktop like filled with stuff like draft one, draft one point one, photo one. Yeah, heck yeah, dude. I yeah, feel that's that's insane, yeah. So do you do you like doing those type of stuff? Like what you just told me about that internship was like it's most it's mostly like you just you're making stuff for like marketing where you're promoting a business for clients. Whereas right now I see on your Instagram you, you make more like artwork, like cartoons or drawings, um, that aren't really necessarily promoting anything. But your own personal brand technically. So do you find a difference in those two or you just you don't mind doing anything? Yeah, there's definitely like the difference between both of them. Like once once like you said, once marketing, once promotional and you're most of the time you're following like following instructions based on your client's needs. And sometimes they may not know what they want or need, but you just design anyway. And when they do reject it, you just feel like horrible. <laughs> you just feel horrible. Yeah. And how do you how do you overcome that? Do you just do you just keep going, or do you like do you get really sad and like depressed, or do you just you just you know it's part of the process, but you don't really let it get to you and just keep going? I really let it got, get to my head in the beginning, like. My, but my bosses were really like cool-headed people. God bless them, honestly. 
they they would calm me down and be like, yeah, we understand that it's it's not what it could be and that the clients are, well, they, how they are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. And through that, I, I learned a lot of patience. Um, I learned how to listen more um, to other people's needs. Mm, what I really realized is that you can't, you can't force people to realize what they want or need. They have to realize that themselves. So the most you can do is just do what they want you to do, especially if you're being paid. And when they realize <laughs> that, oh, this isn't what I want. Okay, can you help me do something else? And yes, it's annoying for us, but it's better for them. <laughs> They start to realize that, oh, right, this isn't working. That isn't working. I think we should trust the designer more because he seems to be improving our designs over time and have a, have a little faith in him. Yeah, that's cool. And then they, then, then they turn around and then they get your advice. Mm-hmm. It's like almost like you have to get that initial um, um, bonding or that initial um, like commonality or you have to like listen to them and like you have to make sure you want rather than just like doing everything for them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You have to like have faith in each other because that's yeah. how that's how you, that's how it works. With... It's a re- it's a relationship, pretty much. Mm, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's cool. So mo- moving on from that internship, wh- what did you do next? How, I, how did you get into the art you're doing now, for example? I went to another internship. Big yeah. mistake. Um, from that internship, I got greedy because a a much bigger ad agency recruited me. And at the time, I was very money-minded. I just wanted to repay my parents. I felt like that was really hasty of me. But I went with it, you know, like bigger agency, more money. And I, I left KK Rewind. And it's, I, I regret it. Seriously, I regret leaving the small agency. But to be fair, you can't regret it. Like you would not have regretted it unless you tried it, right? Mm. You only you only yeah. know this looking in retrospect in a way. That is yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah. How come? What happened? Well, talk us through it. When you're mm, uh, between a startup company and a big ad agency, uh, the one big difference between both of them for me was the relationship with people. It was so so important. I could feel the the distance between people and I. I just felt like I was a robot, a cog in the system. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, and the day that I realized that I didn't want to be in a company anymore was the, was my last day, was when I said goodbye to one of my co-workers at the time. And she was typing down on a keyboard with her glasses and I could see like the words typing on her screen. And I said, goodbye, thank you so much for the opportunity, you know, as I waved goodbye. And she stared dead at her keyboard, just typing away like, (laughs) goodbye, Linus, we're going to miss you so much. As she said it that way, typing down on the keyboard, I knew, I knew that's not where I belong and uh, did not want to be anywhere near an agency like that. Yeah. Yeah, that that seems to be like the the common theme of like working to a bigger company you you're more specified in that one thing, and there's just so many people that you can't even get to know everyone, and and it's all about like rankings and stuff, and yeah, like people just seem to not care about you, 
Yeah, yeah that, that must have sucked. Wow. Like, that's, didn't even look you in the eye. That's insane. Finish the last day. That's definitely <laughs> like a hierarchy in big corporate companies. Most people are there just to like work up the ranks, I feel. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, just not for me, I, I guess. Because I, I much prefer like building a relationship with, with people and actually having them like give me feedback, talk to me about what they want and if they're happy with what I'm creating and not just, hey, you, robot A, do this. Okay, once you're done that task, move on to task B. And once you're done, clock out. Don't forget that you need to get me coffee, by the way. Yeah. Wow. That's, yeah, I'm glad that you're not doing that anymore. Um, what did you do after that? And what, what real, based on those realizations, what did you, what did you do after? Yeah. That's why I started freelancing. And I, I asked my dad about it at first and he told me like, he, he tried it before and it, it was difficult for him because you need like a certain amount of independence and discipline to actually, to actually get a set amount of work done throughout the day. And that made me doubtful because, you know, my dad's my idol. Like, I look up to him because uh, of how hard he works and way all the things he's gone through. And if he was doubting, if he had doubted his abilities back then to be a freelancer, then how could I be a freelancer, right? That's what I thought. Um, but I decided to give it a try anyway. And I was really lucky. I managed to find, like, um, an agency. A that just hired me right off the spot. Like, it was, she was a marketing, she was the marketing manager at a coffee, coffee production company. And she just gave me a task straight off the bat. And one, she was so happy with it that she, she gave me like tasks consecutively. And at one point she just stopped completely because she decided to leave the company. And that's when I had to, meet the boss myself and he was trying to tell me to work for them. I had to like sign some papers and stuff, but, and he wanted to, he wanted me to work inside the company. Whereas, you know, that's not what I wanted to do. Yeah. I wanted to freelance, right? I wanted to have like different types of experiences and not just tie myself down to one company and do one set thing over and over again. Yeah. That would have been a repeat of your last internship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah so exactly. you declined it? Uh, I wouldn't say I declined it. I kept, I left my door open, um, and told him that he could contact me like whenever he needed help. So he did like once, and since then, not really. Yeah, uh, fair enough. Mm, I've picked up like odd jobs once in a while from from my friends and like my friends' family, friends' families' companies. That keeps me going. Um, and on the side, I I make my drawing a priority. So everything that you do see on my Insta page, I draw on the daily um, through like, whether it's through challenges or just through my, through my own imagination. Yeah. What's your Instagram page for the all those listening? Linus Yam? 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 I forget. Yeah, Sorry. It's, it's Yamsam. So it's Y-A-M-X-A-M. That's it. Yeah. Please. Why do you come up? Yeah. It's really, it's really cool. I, 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 I follow it. Um, you upload like every day, it seems. I don't even know how you do that. And um, talk talk to me about your drawing process. Like, you, you draw on an iPad, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I saw your one of your live videos. And yeah. also, how do you how do you picture what you're drawing? I know right now you're doing like a lot of those monthly challenges or daily challenges where they tell you what to draw. But if you're not doing those, 
how do you come up with the idea? Like, do you just wake up and be like, I'm going to draw a dragon today? Or, you know, it'd be cool if I can draw this. How does that work? I get inspired by a lot of different things um, in the present. Like, sometimes it's music. Sometimes it's another artist's artwork. Sometimes it's my own emotions. Sometimes it's just a cool idea that pops up in my head. And I, I just bust out my sketchbook and start doodling, start sketching it. Um, and as I sketch it, I get a clearer picture in my head. So I take that unrefined idea, I bring it to my iPad, and I make it the way I see it in my head, as close as I can. Yeah, that's awesome. And wait, so you, you draw everything in a sketch pad, so you probably have like a whole bunch of drawings that's not seen mm-hmm. on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. That you can yeah. also refine. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And so, um, as a sorry, I just wanted to ask, as a freelance artist, is do you determine your own prices for your artwork? And if you do, like how how do you determine what it's worth? I guess for what you do. So for me, it really depends on how big, how detailed, how much color they want, um, the subject, how many like characters, for example, uh, how much detail they want in it, and if they want like words, if they want an atmosphere, it's very dependent on how big or how elaborate the drawing is. Uh, okay, so yeah. It could range from like a $5 doodle to $20, $30 drawing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. Do you use any, like, use any online program like this? Like, um, Fiverr or WeWork? Like, where you just put your portfolio and then people come to you and then you can do a you can do their task. Have you heard of that? Like Fiverr? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I have. Thanks for asking me that. Actually, like, uh, <laughs> I'm really embarrassed. Like, I've, I tried it like a year ago. You know, I even posted my start, uh, my stuff on Redbubble. Um, for those who don't know, Redbubble is kind of like a distributor for artists where artists can upload their artwork on the website. And if customers want to buy it at, as a certain type of good, for example, a cup or a t-shirt or a hoodie, they can purchase it through Redbubble and the artists make like a percentage of it through the website. So I tried that, and I did try Fiverr, but to no success. And that was last year. Yeah. I'm planning to give it a second try this year. Um, once I'm done with this month's challenge, because I'm priming, I'm basically like priming, priming myself to take on more responsibility to be able to do two times the amount of work I was able to do before. So while I am designing T-shirts, I can also work on requests at the same time. Um, just trying to double up my efficiency is yeah. what I'm trying to yeah. do right now. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, for for those people who don't know, and you, I don't know if you know, uh, Fiverr is like um, how would you describe it? It's like a, it's like Airtasker in a way, where where you would make a profile and then and then you'd say I charge thirty dollars for to make this photo, or you you search for people who want a photo and and then you request to do that. Uh, I think the hardest part of doing it, Linus, I don't know if you agree, is it's just yeah. the initial stage. It's like finding a job where it's just like initially when you join Fiverr, you, you you're just you're like like you're like a no one. Your 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 work history is zero. Your star rating is zero. So you have to like somehow get those tasks going, and then once you get that reputation, then you can do it. I feel like that's the same with the red bubble T-shirts. Like you have to have like an audience before they can buy it, unless oh, it's like yeah. a really cool artwork. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, but I yeah, it's it hard to get. Be... That's, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. Mm. 
but it's cool how you do it though because it, it gives you more um it gives you more options like it's like another source of like finding people or finding another works to do um yeah talk, talk to me about um your your more about your drawings on instagram um why why drawings in particular and and where do you where do you where do you see it going in the future like future as in few months from now yeah, like i like- said i'm hoping like to to take on requests and while taking on requests, designing t-shirts, because I think one of my biggest goals right now, or at least for this year and next, is to start being like financially independent from my parents. I absolutely love my parents so much. They, they just really support me for what I do and <laughs> I can't thank them enough. I just really want to repay them as soon as possible. But at the same time, I know like I don't have the capabilities yet. So what I want to do is get good at what I'm doing. Yeah, be, to build, be better, build, be faster, yeah. produce build. more artwork. And I feel like once I do get that, do get like uh, the t-shirt thing going and being able to accept requests at a more steady rate, I'll be able to do my own thing, and I won't have to like embarrassingly ask them for money like every month like hey mom can i have 200 dollars?" i still do that by the way yeah yeah fair enough but that that's mm-hmm. awesome because you're you're building a skill set and, and and that's what's gonna get the money in the end mm-hmm. and it takes time to build a skill set so that's that's really cool um another question in the future do you see yourself like you said you want to be a freelancer but do you see yourself starting your own company or do you see yourself working with like a partner um so it's like a two-person team because you you mentioned that you you're gonna increase your productivity, do twice as much. But as a human being, you can only do so much. So if you want to take on more tasks, wouldn't you have to either um, hire someone else to do it, or like get a staff or something like that? No, I'm glad you brought that up. Actually, I do find myself like taking on like a lot of responsibility at times, and I keep thinking that I can I can carry all of it, you know. But it's that's not how it works. And I've really just like recently come to realize that I can't do everything on my own. And for sure, I'm like open to opportunities to, to collaborate with people, like start projects, but I'm not going to be so ambitious as to say that I'm, I'm going to start my own company like straight off the bat because that takes time. That takes experience, which I do not yet have. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Makes sense. And then in 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 the future, um, how are you gonna balance everything in your in your life? Like like right now, if you do too much of work, does it does it kind of de- deter from something else, like relationships or like your health, for example? Or do you find it like easy to balance because you work from home or because you're a freelancer? Like how does that work? I I find that I picture time as a bucket of water. Okay, and that bucket of water you can only pour into five other buckets of waters. One being health, family, friends, love, and career. It's it's the balance between all five of those buckets that that's difficult. Like yeah. some days you're gonna be like, oh, I wanna do I wanna work out today. You're gonna pour more water into the health bucket. And the rest, well, they're gonna dip for sure because most of your time it's going to be spent there. Time is a commodity and you only have 
12 hours in a day. That's what I believe. Because let's say, wait, not 12. You have 20. 20 hours in a day. No, wait. That's, two, that's four hours of sleep. I'm restless like that sometimes. 16 on 16, isn't it? I heard you. Eight hours <laughs> of sleep. <laughs> I have four that hours. was way off. That was way off. <laughs> <laughs> I can see why you felt messed out. But yeah. <laughs> Some days I uh, feel like that though. Like, I only have four, four hours of sleep and the rest, it's just what I want to do. And it's sleep is important, sure, but I also want to use as much time as I have to do as much as I can. And that just, the weight of that crushes me at times. And I find the toughest thing for me to do is just like balance between all of those things at once. <clears throat> and most of my time right now, I'm just like pouring into my career, just drawing every day. And that deteriorates like a lot of things. I don't talk to my friends as often as I used to. And I, because just a while ago, I would play like Dota occasionally, you know, at least like one or two games. But right now, I don't even do that anymore. And that I still try my best to like talk to my family members, but it's significantly less. Uh, it's a lot of sacrifice. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say that. Like a lot of discipline and a sacrifice. That's what I was about to say, yeah. But this is what you want, yeah. It's, yeah, you can't get, you can't get everything. You have to focus on, like you said, five things. And even then, you have to focus on, like, probably two or three. So, yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Cause right now, I think we're all in this age, cause we're all similar age. Here are, um, Linus and I, Derek, um, that we can <laughs> afford to do this. I feel like, cause like in, in the future, in the future, it gets harder. Like, what if you have kids? Then you have to pour another bucket for your kids or pour more water for the family bucket. Yeah. So it's cool how you're doing all this. Um, it, that at times, does it get like difficult, or you want to give up, or you don't even have those thoughts anymore, which is really interesting. I, yeah, I do for sure. Like there are gonna be times where it, you're gonna just not. Yesterday was a day that I felt like giving up. Like as I was drawing, I just could not get anything out on paper. You know. Yeah, okay. writer's block, right? Mm, yeah, exactly. Um, I drew something. And I, had, I, I just could not like get it to work, and it just made me feel like shit, you know. Thankfully, though, I'm like surrounded by friends and uh, my brother, who actually just like they talk, they talk me through it, and they make me feel better. Like just being in their presence, this this is important actually. Like surrounding yourself with people who support you through the ups and downs. Delete all the people who steal your joy. That's mad. That's deep. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, because you are the people you surround yourself with in a way, right? Like mm. you, you, you get influenced by them either subconsciously or not subconsciously. Yeah. Yeah, and vice versa too. Like you, when you produce, like when you give off good energy, people who are drawn by that good energy will give good energy back to you. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's very true. Yeah, yeah. Um, with that, with the writer's block, what do you do to overcome that, or do you? Do you not do you not be so hard hard on yourself, and maybe you allow a day off or something. I listen to music. I sometimes I cry. <laughs> wow. That helps. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I suck. Just <laughs> that, that negative feeling just like pour out of me. Like, fuck, this sucks. Like, yeah. oh, it helps at times, but like, just don't do it too often. I say, like, if if that becomes a habit. Eventually, it's just gonna be a crying 
a crying negative artist who's just like, everything's horrible. I don't deserve to live. Okay, maybe that. that not to that extent. Whoa. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> That's crazy. But yeah, I totally get what you mean. Yeah. It's very um cathartic, isn't it? Just having a little bit of a cry. Because sometimes I'll realize, like, I haven't cried in a while. And I'm just like, I want to cry just because it just feels good to let it out. So, totally get it. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like most people don't want to cry, though. Because or more, at least most guys don't want to cry. They feel like, eh, oh, no. If I cry, that means I'm not manly. I, and they need that, you know? Toxic masculinity built by society. They just... It's just inbuilt. Like, guys, not supposed to cry, not supposed to show emotions. But I'm telling you, like, if you cry, it you will feel, like, more connected to yourself. Because mm. you're crying for a reason. You're not just blatantly crying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. What about well, you? Do you cry? Um, I don't do you remember. cry, Jared? I, I don't. I mean, I do, but, like, I don't remember the last time I cried. I definitely. I definitely, I definitely get that thing where it's like, yeah, show no weakness, all that stuff. But yeah, if I if I do cry, I cry, you know. But um, yeah, currently I don't. But I probably should more. Like I agree with everything you guys said. Like yeah, yeah, it's true. Or like maybe if I'm watching. I think now that like you know we're in 2020, I think it's becoming more of an a like everyone's a little bit more aware that like guys, it's okay to be emotional. Like emotional isn't bad. Like sorry, emotions aren't bad and like to accept your weaknesses and, you know, face it for what it is and not try to act macho all the time. That I feel like that is when you're, you know, more of a person. Not saying you're any less because you are, like, that toxic masculinity is so ingrained in you, but I feel like when you can be honest with yourself and your emotions and be open about it, it's 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 so much healthier, you know, than trying to um, pent it up all the time. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. true. Yeah, bottle, bottle the emotions up, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, Linus, was there anything else you wanted to talk about, maybe besides artists? Like, you, you, because I know you're really big in fitness, and you mentioned that you did cooking. Or any questions for us? I, uh, uh huh. Yeah, actually, like, do you guys feel like you guys are getting better at the podcast? Oh, for sure. Yeah, you should have heard our first two episodes. Absolute cringe. Like, no, I haven't even listened to them. <laughs> I well, I've yeah. listened to it, but it and yeah. I'm I'm gonna say like you guys definitely improved. Like you can hear the improvement throughout uh throughout the podcast. The first two were really cringy. Not gonna lie, same thing with like boring too. Like it's just like practice, you know. Practice. You have to be the fool be- before you become the master. Yeah. Definitely. I think that's why we've kept it up, regardless of the fact that it's incredibly cringy for us. We just want it there to, you know, be able to look back on our progress, I guess, eventually when I have the guts to actually listen to it, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Some episodes I really like, like um, the episode about the alcohol. That's probably like one of my favorites. Some episodes are just good in general, but uh, our our communication definitely got better. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I I like the League of Legends one. You went, you went ham on that one. Oh yeah, yeah. I was, I was yeah. very passionate about that. Yeah, but yeah. right now we're we're trying to just um interview people, I guess, because I think Ira and I are both very curious about what people have to say. So yeah, yeah. I'm kind of digging this format that we've developed, to be honest, because before we tried to you know have like a conversation between you and I, and um I don't know have information ready, but it's I feel so much better asking people about things and learning about them. Like, what do you reckon, Derek? 
Yeah, I, I like that as well. Yeah, like yeah. that's what I like. That's what I want to do. Like I've always imagined, like just interviewing a bunch of people, like Joe Rogan, kind of. And like I think everyone's interesting yeah. in their own way. Yeah, I like the episode where Derek talks about picking up girls. Oh, oh that was a good one. Yeah. <laughs> wow. What, what did funny. you like about it? I mean, it's very insightful. Like to talk about the whole process of it. Like I didn't know that there was steps, and then you had essentially like a like a a leader who brought a group of guys together to a club and that you have to do it like sober. Yeah. I was like, whoa, what? That is really quite a scene in my head. Like, how do you get past the bouncers? Did the guy have to be like, hey, don't worry about it. Don't sweat it. Like, I'm bringing these kids in so that they can pick, uh, can pick up on girls. Well, you, you, meet, you meet them in the club. So like, you just get there like around eight o'clock and then everyone's just there. And it's not a big group. It's just like three or four people. Um, But in, ter- in terms of that, like the insightfulness, it's, it helps, in my opinion, not just with this picking up girls, but with everything else, it helps speed up learning. So, for example, if you're doing drawing, it helps if you surround yourself with drawers. It helps if you surround yourself with people on the same level as you, um, so you can share ideas. It also helps if you have a quote-unquote mentor, so someone like your dad who's who has a lot of experience to teach you. Mm-hmm. And it also helps, um, a big one that people don't um, often think about it, also helps if you have people below you. So people who are like really terrible at drawing and you're teaching them how to do um, drawing or if you have tutorial videos because when you teach someone, you're kind of, you're kind of, um, you're conceptualizing everything in your head because when you're doing something, you might know exactly what you're doing. You might know exactly the process, but when you're telling someone to do something, you can't just tell them what you're thinking in your head because it makes no sense to them. So you have to like explain it in a different way. And because you're explaining it in a different way, you also learn like a different way of doing something. Um, yeah, so that's what I liked about that whole picking up thing, mm-hmm. that learning process, the the ecosystem and all that stuff. Yeah. Nice. It looks like you it, the ecosystem worked too hard. Now that you have a girlfriend. Yeah. 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 yeah it's cool. It's, it's been cool. Yeah. Can't complain. Just like you. I'm very grateful of everything. Yeah. Mm. Well, in in terms of that, did you have anything else to add, Linus? Like literally anything? Yeah. Time is pr- precious, guys. Yeah. You live is. in the present. Uh, don't don't be the victim. Don't play the victim. Don't stay in the past. Like you can always look back at the past to improve what you do in the present, so that you can have a better future. But don't look too far ahead into the future either, because that's how anxiety gets you. Yeah, that's that's very wise. Yeah, it's cool. Well, on that, I think we'll um we'll wrap up the episode. Unless Ira, did you have any further questions or? Any comments? Um, not really any questions, but uh, we really appreciate you um, coming on to this podcast. It was great having you. Yeah. Thank, thanks for your yeah. time, Marcus. No, it was an thank honor. You. Like, thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Thank yeah. you for having me, guys. I no hope there'll be more to come. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. And I hope you come into our podcast if we keep doing it, um, which I'm sure we will. So yeah. until then, um, I hope you're well. And, and uh, we'll... Good luck with everything. Hey, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. To you guys too. Thank you. Thank you. And, um, for all those listening, um, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you next episode. All right. See you guys. Right. See ya. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.